Hey, my name's Emma. Hey, my name's Maddie. And you're listening to The Pilot's Pandemic. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to this week's episode of The Pilot's Pandemic Podcast. We are here solo today. What is going on? What's Um, up? Got a lot of aviation news. I mean, what else will we be doing if we, we, you know, we're solo? That's like all we talk about when we're solo. But um, yeah, we have some interesting aviation news. I guess, you know, we always recap at the top of the show and let you know what's been going on with us. But genuinely, I don't know if I have much to contribute to the to the conversation there. Maddie, you might Nothing be- exciting in these, like, I feel like it's been a few weeks since we've soloed or even gotten to talk with each other. Well, I mean, I got a new job and I don't want to like share all the details, but I did get a new job. <laughs> don't jinx not, yourself. No, uh, don't jinx. Yeah, not jinxing myself. I did get a new job. So that's been the most exciting thing. But I feel like that's literally all I've been focusing on over the past couple of weeks is just job hunting, um, applying to jobs, waiting for people to hear back from me, ultimately them contacting me and me being like, no, I don't know. <laughs> no. My toxic trait is applying to multiple jobs on Indeed just to see if I'll hear something back. Um, is, I, it's like validation, you know, like it, you're like people do want me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't know if that's like a bad thing or not. I mean, there there are jobs that like maybe I'd be interested in, but... After my last, the last job I was doing, which I've talked about it a little bit, I was serving. And as much as you can make, you can make such great money serving. It is so, it can be so degrading. Um, You're getting paid $2 an hour in the state of South Carolina, which is pretty common. That's how it is in North Carolina. It's like that in a couple of states. So you're getting paid $2 an hour. And basically all the money you're making is dependent on how much money you're, you know, and food your table orders and how nice they want to be. And I think you can really internalize that into, okay, well, this is like a direct representation of how I work, um, which can kind of hurt your feelings. Like, I feel like if you talk to any server about that, it's just a thing that you get used to in serving. But after a while, it just stinks, dude. Like, I I just did not want to move into that kind of opportunity again, even though the money is there. It just is not something that I feel like I could ever see myself being happy doing. It's happy when you leave with the cash in hand, but it's not, it's not, it's just, eh. you know what I mean? Serving is serving. Like anyone who served knows what I'm talking about. So um, my goal since then has just been kind of trying to find something that has longevity for me something that I am passionate about um and everyone that listens like especially over the past six months you should know by now I've got my horse here and so it's kind of gotten me more into the equestrian thing which I was really really serious about growing up so I told myself I wanted to find an opportunity like that because it's something I'm so passionate about. It's so therapeutic for me. And I was fortunate enough to find an opportunity that was kind of like a once in a lifetime kind of thing. So I'm very, very excited about it. I am a little bit nervous. I start tomorrow um, and I'm literally blushing. I'm beat red having this conversation. I just started sweating through my t-shirt. Um <laughs> You're nervy. Uh, let you me know. take a deep fucking breath. But yeah, I told them I was like, "Oh, you're gonna." I knew you were gonna get the job because as soon as you had horse and therapy, and I was like, "Oh, you got that in the bag." And I feel like in a couple of weeks from now, when we ask about your job and how it's going, you're like, "Oh, it's so perfect." Like yeah. I just have a feeling about it. So I'm excited for you. I think that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I have been flying my little ass off. Uh, I just. Got back from airplane camping with Jesse not that long ago, because uh, I told you I was going to do that with for his birthday. So we went yeah. over to Orcas Island, which, did we land there with, with you and Zach, or I don't know if we landed at Orcas or not. I can't remember. We, um, is that, so we landed on two, we went to two different islands. We went to, didn't we get a, was it Love? Oh, we went Love to, um, we went to Friday Harbor, and then we Friday. went to Harbor. Okay, that's what so, we did. I, why did I say love? I'm like, love. Yeah, love, close love. enough. I, I knew you were talking about I was like, oh, yeah, we went to Roach. So I went to Orcas, which is actually the closest island to Bellingham. It's about 10-minute flight. 
and Orcas, you can take bikes and like ride into town if you want. And they have a crew car too, if you want to take it, which we ended up doing, taking it into town, but town is literally like five minutes from the airport. So, um, that was on, I think the 20th. So we did like a Thursday, Friday camping with Jesse. And then one of our friends was like, Hey, I'm going airplane camping. Do you guys mind if I crash? And we're like, yeah, come on over. So he came and joined us. And that was kind of cool. Like all of us camping out. Uh, The only thing that I, that I hated about airplane camping is the freaking beacon light, man. It just flashes every second, like every two seconds, you get the beacon light just on your tent. So um, it didn't. Oh, you mean like like the the beacon light at the airport at the the airport oh god I didn't even think about that at first I was like I thought you were talking about the one on the plane I was like wait you have to leave that on and then I was like wait Emma you're being really fucking dumb right now no 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 no. not the plane one the one at the airport so it was like you know just flashes you turn the other way so you don't like wake up every minute on the minute but uh and then as soon as morning hits like 7 a.m hit and the islands are really popular with uh, Kenmore Air and then San Juan Air. Mm-hmm. They pick up all the island people. So like 7 a.m., so many planes rolling in. Like it was busy. Um, but otherwise, that was my first time plane camping. And I had a blast. Like I really enjoyed it. Well, that's like something that I see on my like you literally are living in my Pinterest feed. Like it's, I've, I've talked about this before. Maddie lives my best life. Like I have (laughs) pictures of people like airplane camping in Washington pinned on my Pinterest. And I think it's so funny that like you get to go and do these kind of things. It's just so freaking weird. Cause I'm like, oh my God, like people actually do that shit. It's so cool. But God, I cannot even imagine. I would be a little bit. So when you camp out there, are you camping? Like, you know, you tie down your plane. Are you camping right next to your plane on the tie down? Yep. Right next to it. Oh, that would make me really nervous. What we just talked about right before the, should we talk about that? Oh, the lady that was mowing the lawn? Yeah, should we talk about that? Yeah, we could talk about that. Why why are you nervous, Emma? Why would that make you nervous? Because now I'm thinking about that kind of thing. Uh, And I'm like, what if somebody like, you know, lands and like, you know, crashes right into me? That's one hell of a way to fucking go out. Like, oh my God, I can't. That'd be terrible. Uh, but wait that's right they cut you're not you're not supposed to land at night right or fly you can land at night there was i had went to bed and jesse was still up with the other guys um and there was some person that came and landed at like 11 45 at night so you can but like typically that's not normal to be landing that late there so But the transient, like, grass area where you park, it's a little bit off the runway, so you're not, like... It's not, like... Because that roach, I don't... It roach, it was, like, right there, you know what I mean? Like, it was kind of close, but I know people do it all the time. It's, like, I have the same feeling about people, like, you sent me, or... No, it was you. Oh, my God, the fact that you're so IG famous that I saw a video of you on my IG feed and assumed (laughs) that you had sent it to me and it was somebody else. (laughs) You were at that, um, at that, like, it was like an air park. It was like the neighborhood Uh and it had the runway right there. Those houses are so close to that runway. I just, I could not live like that. Oh, that was the Linden Air Park. That's where I go and get gas. That is bonkers, crazy nuts to me. Isn't that wild? Yeah. Yeah. You really have to be living like, like in a sense of trust. If like those people oh, yeah. don't have, um, I don't know, anxiety. Landing basically. on that <laughs> runway is also a little bit scary because it's like the houses are right there. They're maybe a hundred foot feet off the runway. They probably look closer than they are, but, um, just landing there because either you're landing over the trees, which is typically the way that you come in, um and that's like and it's a short runway it's uh i think 2400 feet long dude very short yeah and there's mm-hmm. typically always a crosswind yeah. so and <laughs> that little oh, that little God. runway i'm like holy shit so yeah i my first landing on it was the other day typically i make jesse do it I'm like i don't want to work for this today <laughs> but uh yeah it's a little I- scary 
that's why I, guess I imagine is- it's like you just get used to it like after a certain period of time you just get used to it maybe that's why because like that kind of stuff just isn't popular around here like like you're talking about going camping like at an airport next to your plane on a tie down so not east coast at all or like there are air parks around here i won't say there are not but it just doesn't feel like i don't know general aviation maybe it is maybe i'm just like bitch i literally just don't fly enough to be used to these kind of things like it just boils like, down I'm to sure that your dad knew some people like i could totally picture your dad being like an airplane camper oh god my mom and him used to do it all the time like before we were born oh it used to drive my mom insane because they do it in the cub and the cub is like the cub is slow like the cub is a very slow it takes a long time to get places and my dad would have these just a wild hair up his ass to like let's fly to pennsylvania and camp like (laughs) from charlotte north carolina so just wild shit like that so i know my dad used to do it and i know it's a thing like even in um on Lake Norman, where we used to have our cub, like it was a grass strip runway and you could probably camp out there and do stuff. And I know he used to do that kind of stuff, but I just, I'm, I'm not blessed enough to have that experience. I don't know. I don't know. That is so fucking sick though. That's so cool. I can't even though, but my nerves would be kind of a little bit crazy. I think the only reason why I'm nervous about it now is because right before we started recording this damn lawnmower <laughs> story. <laughs> like yes. Fuck- Tell what the story. actual hell okay yeah so right before <laughs> maddie and i i'm like literally sitting on the toilet and i'm just <laughs> scrolling trying to like get the last drops of pee out of me before we sit down to do this and scrolling through ig and i see a complex news article and i didn't screenshot the headline but basically what it says is in the caption a shocking incident at an oklahoma airport claimed the life of a single mother of three the Associated Press reports that Samantha Hayes, 27, like she's only 27, okay, mm-hmm. who was employed by the city of Broke, Broken Bows Parks Department, tragically lost her life at the town's municipal airport. Hayes was riding a lawnmower at work around 3.30 on Friday when suddenly a 1972 Beechcraft Bonanza A363, wait, no, oh my God, girl. I have like dyslexia, a 36 airplane piloted by a 70 year old James Baxter struck her in the head with its wing during an attempted landing. Baxter had allegedly tried to take off to avoid hitting Hayes, but couldn't regain enough altitude in time. Hayes was declared dead at the scene. Um, The incident is currently under investigation by the Oklahoma highway patrol and the federal aviation administration so oh i thought it was on landing for some reason so it was on takeoff so it says yeah i mean i can read back it says piloted by 70 year old struck her in the head with its wing while during a landing attempt oh baxter had allegedly tried to take off to avoid hitting Hayes, but couldn't gain enough altitude in time so it sounds like he tried to when he saw her he tried to do a go-around maybe uh you know like he was because it says he was landing during a landing attempt but that he couldn't gain enough altitude in time and that he hit her he must have saw her at the last minute oh like what the actual but also that makes me think like okay Typically, when they mow at runways, like when you listen to the AWOS, it'll have it in the ATIS or the AWOS or whatever it is that you're listening to on the radio before you land. You know, you tune in, get like your altimeter and all that. It'll always like I've it'll it'll always say that they're mowing that they like it'll have whoever is like the manager at the airport. It'll be like a little recording that says like mowing in, is active on the runway. Use caution. Yeah. Um so I'm like, did he not, did he not know? Like, how did he not see her? I just, I'm like. But also, ah. she must have been like on the edge of the runway. Yeah. Like, I'm I just like how she got hit is hit. my question. Like, did she must have, because I feel like maybe the lawnmower noise mixed in with the aircraft noise. So she didn't even know what was going on. She definitely probably had on one of those big, like the foam, like the foam sets. Oh, of, the like I can imagine she's probably on like a sit on top, like a zero turn. Yeah. So I'd definitely be wearing some kind of like ear, earpiece or something over my ears. Like 
I, I see I just don't see like unless it's a grass strip like it really had to have and like I hate to be this person but like it really had to have been pilot error because how else unless it was a grass strip and she was in the middle of the grass strip mowing but typically when you mow a grass strip the airport is closed then if it's an all grass strip runway and you're mowing yeah. that day the airport is closed so if she was on a riding lawnmower though I'm like don't you think he would have seen her Yes, really? that's what I'm saying. But I'm like, you know, it kind of makes me think like, I, I hate to be ageist, but it's like, damn, okay, does age have anything to do with this? I really just think, I think it's a, I think it's a combination of factors. I think when you're older like this, you've been flying for a really long time. Maybe this is his own home airport. It's close by his home airport. You've been doing this for such a long time. It's highly probable that he just flew right in without even, you know, getting the weather. If If the airport's only a 10 minute flight over from where he took off he's not gonna get the altimeter like most old yeah, bats no. aren't doing that um so i i would the, my guess is that he probably didn't listen and just wasn't paying attention and saw her at the last fucking minute because i guess if she like imagine if she's on a john deere like a green lawnmower you know she's wearing some kind of clothing your eyesight isn't completely 100 you're also like you're not focused like i don't know yeah yeah that's just there's I a mean, lot of questions yeah. there <laughs> I'm like, lots that happened but like I, okay sorry I'm like I'm sitting up and turning around because I feel like I just unplugged something from the wall sorry guys but I just the the other part of this her only being 27 years old and the mother of this a single mother of three like yeah. and she's got a job through like the the city it's a government job like you you have to be like a really i feel like you have to be kind of a decent human being to get a job like that um yeah her friend said like oh she loved her kids so much like they know that their mom loved them i'm like oh my god that's so sad that's like ter- that's just so terrible i just uh oh yeah Oh, I think anyways. terrible all around because it's like how traumatizing would that be if you hit someone while you were flying you know like, but also the awareness again. of, you know, like when I used to fly with my dad and stuff, when we would go to other airports, we'd land. It's like you were you. I remember even with my instructors, like if we go to a new airport, we'd go through the pattern like one time, you know, you do full pattern yeah. and and look yeah. at the runway and make sure. And that's like part of the um before landing checklist was runway clear of all obstacles like yeah but like you said you got these he's old, so old bad pilots that like i just at linden the other day that happened i landed some guy was coming in um because i wanted to take the runway but he was landing he had to do a go around because linden's so short you got to be on point and when he did the go around he didn't announce it and then he came back and landed the other way and i never heard him once make a radio call Oof. so i mean like I feel like, yeah, we have these rules in aviation and, you know, when you don't follow them, sometimes, you know, things slip through the crack and that's probably what happened to this, this guy. Like he probably just didn't listen, like you said. And so used to probably going to that airport, he was probably not paying attention at all. Yeah. Yeah. That's just tragic, but I don't know. It makes you, I feel like as sad as it is to share which we share sad shit all the time so I don't know why I feel bad for it I think it's something like it kind of coincides with everything that we're about to talk about today as far as aviation news because it it makes you realize you need to be aware like uh, I for, I don't know if I finished where I was going with that but when I fly with my dad it was like you constantly like deer were a big problem at the airport that I grew up flying and we you you had to keep your eyes freaking peeled and also we had people out there mowing constantly um but it just wasn't ever something that you let your guard down about. So I think the lesson here is just to like, never forget the simplest of things, you know, just because it's a runway and you think nobody should be out there on it because it's a runway. You really don't freaking know. Like we had to be careful about that kind of stuff too. At one of the airports I flew at, cause it was a skydiving um, outfitter there. And like, you never know if like somebody gets pushed or like by a strong wind and ends up being on the runway. You know what I mean? You need to be cautious of those things. So I don't know. Maybe that's the lesson there, but oof, yeah. I don't know. But see, that's why I think to wrap it to to land the fucking plane, Emma. Uh, I think that's why it makes me nervous, like thinking about like houses so close to an airport or something like that. Like all it takes is just one person being so 
just not with it and missing one thing. It's like we talk about this Swiss cheese effect all the time. All it takes is one mistake for it all to come crashing down. And now this guy at 70 years old has to digest the fact that he just killed a 27-year-old mother of three over probably not, you know, just being more aware. So be cautious, be aware. Um, All right, so we're going to get into our aviation news. And our first topic of conversation is snapchat snapchat and plane crashes i know that most of our listeners have definitely probably seen this like circulating social media but the aopa recently did an article on this and coincidentally another accident happened just recently that co-aligns with this so we wanted to highlight both um but this is the first article by the aopa it says ntsb snapchat post caused fatal distraction pipeline patrol pilot posted 35 seconds before striking hazard Um, It says the NTSB found that pilot distraction created by posting to social media during flight at low altitude pipeline patrol was the probable cause of a 2021 crash causing a Cessna 182 that struck a radio tower wire in St. Louis, Michigan. The incident killed the 23-year-old pilot and sole occupant Slade Martin. Um, So... Thoughts on utilizing social media while flying. I feel like we can get into that. I want to read the rest of this. It says, according to the NTSB final report, the pilot was conducting a low-level pipeline patrol flight during daytime visual meteorological, oh my God, conditions. Dude, I feel like I just literally can't today. I give BMC. up. <laughs> I literally give up. Like, I, I just, I just, I feel like sometimes like genuinely, what the fuck am I doing here reading these articles? Because I just, I physically fucking can't. Anyways, <laughs> ah, when the aircraft struck a radio tower, guy wire shearing the left wing from the fuselage, the aircraft crashed into a dirt field about three tenths of a mile northwest of the radio tower and caught on fire, destroying most of the aircraft. Opposed to it accident examination of the aircraft wreckage did not uncover any indication of mechanical malfunction or failure so basically yeah i mean god dude that's that's crazy like that is worst case scenario like to be sitting there you take a picture take a snapchat and then run into a wire and it shears off your wing and you like go God. crashing down to your death like that like, i want to know the altitude you was at when you took that picture though i mm, mm, okay i just want i want to hear your thoughts on like because obviously i feel like what i'm about to say is really basic i don't feel like especially if you're out there on your job and you're doing something um also you knew you were close to this radio tower wire thing you should have known that probably not the best time to be on snapchat not the best time seems like a like you said earlier before we started recording a critical phase of flight Mm -hmm. that's why i'm like okay like because at least for me as a student pilot um in the pattern to even think about taking my phone out i barely have time to do that so i'm like i don't know what he was thinking obviously He wasn't in his right mind because he killed himself, but I just, I feel bad and I understand like we all use social media and I can't say I've never used my phone in in an airplane. Like obviously I have, but there's my flight instructor is always there, you know? So I have the opportunity to be like, Hey, your controls, I'm going to use my phone right now to take pictures or video or whatever it is I want to do. And I think for myself, because I mean, we were talking about this, you're like, you know, when I'm by myself, I want to take some, some selfies, which is totally understandable when you're at cruising altitude. Um, but I feel like I'm too nervous to even do that. Like, I just feel like I might take a picture when I get more comfortable with my flying skills, like when I'm by myself, but I don't know this guy must've been really comfortable to be pulling his phone out on final and snapping a a snapchatty to his friends but unfortunately for him didn't work out very well i think and like you said i feel like we're all very guilty of using our phones like we are all guilty of taking pictures 
yeah. doesn't, you know, and I just, I think it really all depends on when and where you do it. Like Maddie said, I have like, I think I have one set of selfies from one cross country where I had everything trimmed out. I was 50 miles in, I had another 50 miles to go to my next airport. Like there's nobody around. I've got my iPad up like flight following the whole nine yards. Like I feel really, really comfortable in that moment for me to just whip out my phone on the side and take like three Snapchat or they weren't even Snapchat selfies. I just used my freaking phone camera, but like, (laughs) and I, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I, I have to be really careful what I freaking say about this because obviously I've taken pictures while flying and done things while flying, but it's always been, like you said, at cruise altitude. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't, uh, I don't know. That's a really, really tricky subject. And I really wonder what will come out of that because I'm surprised this hasn't really been a topic of conversation until now, because again, I feel like a lot of people are guilty of this, whether it's, I'm not saying that they're guilty of it during a critical phase of flight, but I feel like we have all at some point taken a selfie at cruise. <laughs> yeah. And is that illegal? I don't know. Yeah. I don't, is that, yeah, I, I don't, <sighs> I don't think it is. I don't, I don't, I, I mean, I, the same thing with like one time I was able to FaceTime someone from the airplane. Is that legal? Like for 30 seconds? Is that legal? Like, I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't I know. Don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And I mean, I, that makes me sound really bad, but like, I, I will say to kind of defend myself a little bit, I am almost guilty of not taking enough photos. Like I look back on my flight training and I really don't have nearly enough photos or videos or selfies. Like, I feel like I don't want people to like hear stories like this and then like, be like, so afraid to like, take out the camera with their, like, just have your instructor take controls. Or maybe let's just like, say, if you're solo, don't take that selfie and i'm guilty I of that always, uh, i took that at selfie. least with my cfi to say uh will you take pictures of me flying because like yeah like am i probably seen like three or four pictures of you flying i'm like really surprised you don't have like more videos of you flying i know and, right like, like uh, now you're mad at yourself for not taking those pictures so i don't want to bash anyone for taking pictures or videos because like it is such a cool thing that you're learning how to fly and, and you are flying you know um but utilize like the people around you and then also like we've touched on it's like don't be doing these things in critical phases of flight obviously your life is more important than a picture so If you're looking for a snack that packs a punch, look no further than Avinola, a granola that can be taken on the go and it's so versatile that it can be eaten as a snack or as a meal. We love Avinola because of its nutritional content. Lots of granolas have a high sugar content, but not Avinola. This granola is sweetened with monk fruit, so it actually doesn't spike your blood sugar, and it's a great option for those who may be diabetic or looking for a low sugar alternative compared to other granolas. I mean, what could be better than a granola that only has one gram of sugar? Not to mention it's keto approved. So that means it's only got one gram of carbohydrates. And this is because it's made with lupini beans. And y'all, I have to tell you right now, I would have no idea this wasn't made from a grain because it tastes so good. So go grab yourself a bag of Avinola at avi-foods.com and upgrade your granola fix right now. Use our code PILOTSPANDEMIC for 15% off your first order. I've been to the second part of it. I feel like this okay. is going to be such a shit fucking episode. I feel like I have absolutely nothing to contribute to this conversation and I can't even read today. Well, it's okay. I may have my own issues over here. Um, okay, so this is like the second crash accident that just happened on September 27th. Um, Snapchat didn't necessarily cause this crash, but it kind of highlighted some things that Emma and I wanted to talk about. Um 
and it has to do with like CFI student stuff. So the narrative on this crash says a Piper PA-28161 Warrior II was destroyed when it was involved in an accident near Whitesville, Kentucky. The flight instructor and student pilot sustained fatal injuries. Preliminary information indicates that there were thunderstorms passing through the area of Whitesville around the time of the accident. A review of snapshots videos posted by the instructor reportedly shows that the CFI called the student slow like Forrest Gump Jr. in one of the earlier videos and complained about the fact that he, quote, had to be up early the next morning. On the day of the accident, the CFI posted a screenshot of the weather data during flight and commented, quote, unquote, headed our way like a group of pissed off hornets, which he was talking about the storms. Um, weather reported at Owensboro, Davies County Airport, Kentucky, about 27 kilometers West northwest of the accident site around the accident time. Oh, that was just like the weather below. Okay. So we know there were like storms in the vicinity and stuff. So um I saw the Snapchat. I went on Reddit and watched that little Snapchat video. And I was like, Jesus Christ, this is really messed up. Um I feel bad. Like I've never personally had a CFI do those things to me, but I definitely if I feel like if I CFI was that way, like I could feel that um emotion you know like you can read people pretty well emma and i have emma is really good at reading people i always give the benefit of the doubt even if i have a little inkling of like i don't know about this um but i've learned like we really have to trust our gut with people and so in this case i'm like this student had to be feeling some type of way about the cfi like it wasn't like he was being nice to him Mm -mm. no Uh. and you you can i feel like you you just if somebody feels that way about you i'm sorry baby but like unless you are a professional poker player ain't nothing about you like you're not hiding that emotion your student can feel that and when you talk about it's so intimate like i we always comment on that like it really is intimate like the setting that you're in and you really trust these people with your lives and Mm -hmm. Again, like we're about to talk about like, you know, standing up for yourself and learning how to use your voice. It can be so hard. And to think that, oh, like it kind of makes me sick because I know that this happens so often. Like this is happening constantly. Um, I feel like we've had conversations with people here and there that have kind of alluded to that, like the frustration that some people feel with their students. And it just... I don't know. We're going to kind of talk about these comments, but it it really makes me feel like they're just people that really should not be CFIs. And there are a lot of people out there that should not be CFIs. And it kind of sucks that being a CFI is really the only way to build hours. I think there are other opportunities. Of course, there are other opportunities, but it also kind of highlights what I think is very bad about these, you know, what people call like the pilot factory, you know, these 141 schools that are just turning and burning people out and there's no consideration there's not there's no you know it's not like a small flight school where somebody comes to you and applies through your school and you go through this whole vetting process to see if they're actually a good individual to teach at your school no atp is just hiring the students that they just hired because it's practical for them it's a money saver for them and also Mm -hmm. it benefits the student which i can see that but it also i feel like you lose that you lose that process of is this genuinely somebody who should be an instructor it's almost like being an instructor is just part of it and just get over it and get the hours that you need and keep pushing on versus this really is a job i think people forget that being a cfi is a job um and your students are your customers and in no way, shape or form, is it ever, ever okay to do the shit that this guy did? I just don't, I'm like, I, this just my, it might, I was mind blown, but read that first comment. Okay. A uh, typical example of this is, so this is a comment from one of the Redditors. It says typical example of someone who shouldn't be an instructor. I've been through a fair few in my time. And if he truly cared about his student, he'd take time to pick up on his knowledge deficiencies and either teach him or point him in the right direction on where to like on where to learn i've 
had both kinds of instructors before and he's definitely not the good kind. I can guarantee in his pre-flight briefings, all he does is pick up his poor students apart on what they don't know, which they need to do, sure, but doesn't actually do anything to help the student learn. Huge egos and instructors don't mix and can evidently be dangerous. Poor guy. What a joke of an instructor. Um, yeah. I feel so bad for the student because he had such a terrible instructor who was treating him so terribly and also because he ultimately paid for that by having such a shit instructor both him and the cfi died like that is the worst way to go um yeah so the cfi could have gotten some punitive like damage done to him in some way because like jesus that was it's so terrible that he was that way um i have never myself had a cfi like this and i kind of wanted to dig into like how how maybe this guy didn't know the cfi was like a bad cfi maybe it was the first time flying with him because in the snapchat story he said thank god this kid is not my everyday normal student so maybe he wasn't aware but i think it is like a lesson to student pilots like definitely if you feel like you're not connecting with your cfi or there is that just like that disconnect like you're not clicking get a new CFI. I think that's probably the scariest thing for student pilots. Something that I see touched on all the time is like, should I get a new CFI? My CFI isn't talking back to me or texting me. I haven't flown in two weeks or my CFI isn't making this make sense. It's like, I don't know why we as students are afraid to change our teacher, but I think that has helped me a lot in knowing what a good CFI is because I had five different instructors. I know what what a good CFI looks like and what isn't a good CFI and I think it is at this moment really difficult to find a good CFI because they are all pipeline pilots going to the airlines so all of all my CFIs that I have are now all, all gone they're all to the airlines so that can be difficult but I think um always trust your gut definitely as a student pilot like listen to what your heart says and um you know don't be afraid to have a clear concise conversation with your cfi and be like hey this isn't working out you know yeah and i'm not saying what i'm about to say i'm not saying that this applies to all cfis who you know their end goal is to be in the airlines but i do feel like part of this you know our requirement these people going straight to the airlines them being on this pipeline process breeds a little bit of ego like what's it will ego but i think there's like a a, qual, a lack of quality you know because this yeah. isn't something that's a career for them being a cfi isn't a career for them this is just a blip in time for them to get to their career so i think yeah. you know there are obviously people out there like i see people like rich rafferty which we've had on this show like I like every single time I see his videos, it just makes me really, really happy because you can tell that as someone who genuinely loves instructing and really, really cares about his students. And there are so many people out there that exist like that who, you know, their goal is to go to the airlines. But I think there is a decent percentage of people out there that they just don't give a fuck. Like they don't give a shit about you. It's really more for them to put the hour in their book so that they can get to where they need to go. Um, When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But I wanted to read another comment. So it says, I'll say it again in this thread. Let let this be a lesson to all students out there. If you don't think your CFI has an, in a, has an inappropriate attitude or is making unwise decisions, do not fly with them. You have every right to discontinue, turn back to your home field at any time. You have zero responsibility to feel bad about dropping them and requesting a different CFI. It is literally your life on the line. Um, Somebody said, I'll add to that and say that I think sometimes a lot of people miss this. 
the the student is the one hiring the instructor. It's an easy thing to get lost in translation, especially with flight schools assigning students to instructors and vice versa being the norm. If something's not right, fire them and hire another. Again, like going back to what I said, you just I feel like we always say this, but you can really never say it enough. Like speak up, you know, say mm -hmm. if you're not comfortable with something, you're not comfortable with something like this is low-key embarrassing to admit but when i'll admit it because i want people to feel like you know it's okay to have limits personal limits when i went to go do my instrument check ride my instrument check ride was at the time i was living about two and a half hours away from my flight school like i had just moved towards the end of my instrument training i was trying to finish everything up but i was really far away and Towards the end, like there were, I flew only once a month towards the end, trying to get scheduled for my instrument rating and my check ride. And so my check ride ended up being at like a different airport, which was, it was like an hour drive from me from where I was living at the time, but it was like a hour long flight from where the airplane was coming for my check ride from my home base school. Anyways. My instructor, like, let me know that this was the plan and that I was going to fly solo from my home base airport to my, to my check ride. Well, I, A, haven't flown, but once or twice in the past two months. So not feeling that current, not feeling that confident. Also throughout my instrument training, I very rarely ever flew solo. So it wasn't something that I was comfortable with. So I, it was embarrassing. I expressed that to my CFI and you know what? It was not a fucking issue. It was not an issue, which I had a really, really great CFI. I've been blessed to like the two that I kept were just fantastic people. I feel like really had a passion for this and always made me feel like I could express my truth and speak my mind. But I mean, that's just an example. Like if you're not comfortable, you're not comfortable. Yeah, I went, I passed my instrument check ride with flying fucking colors, like never felt more confident on top of the world in my life. But that's still not to say that I could have flown solo to my check ride, but was I comfortable with that? Fuck no. Now, what if I would have flown solo to my check ride, failed my check ride, then had to fly solo back? Now you're adding in an emotional element and I don't feel like that's safe. So speak your truth, speak your mind, like no matter how embarrassing it might be, like these are all valid feelings. So yeah, I don't know. I I'm glad that we talked about this today, even though I feel like it kind of feels like a repeat of some of the things that we're constantly talking about. Um, I feel like you can- I just think it's an important message, especially for female aviators, because I think it can be difficult for us to stand up for ourselves, especially in this male-dominated industry. So I just want to just say, stand up for your goddamn self again, because it is important. Like, I think Em and I have the personality to stand up for ourselves, me a little more than Emma, but- I think you're getting better. I'll give it. you that. I'll give you that, girlie. <laughs> I will uh, give you that. But I know. Hey, it's hard. <laughs> it is. It can be difficult to be like, hey, this is how I'm feeling because then it's like, can be a difficult conversation. Um, but at the end of the day, it is about safety. It is about your learning and you're, you are paying hundreds and hundreds of dollars a lesson. So don't be afraid to, to say how you feel. Yeah. I don't know. It kind of reminds me of just like what I feel like I've always said from the beginning, go out, go to your local airport, find like, yeah, we talk shit about the old bat, but sometimes the old bat is some of the best instructing you'll ever have. Because if somebody's retired from the airlines and they go back to their hometown airport and want to instruct, that means that they're really freaking passionate about it. And mm -hmm. that's some of the best training you'll ever freaking get. Um, which, you know, everything always comes with its risks and its limitations. And you might, you know, with an older person, a lot of older people view the world a different way. So that might be another, you know, a barrier, but still, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's a good conversation to have and I'm glad that we've had it. And I feel like that I could just spin on this for forever. So we're going to move on. Um, we wanted to talk about the British Airways pilot that got fired for snorting cocaine off of two topless ladies. Um, I love this. You said it kind of reminds me of the Denzel Washington movie flight, which I've never seen that movie because my father hated it so much. Like, Emma, that, it is time to watch that movie. <laughs> my dad absolutely hated that movie. And like, 
he liked Denzel Washington as an actor and it really pissed him off when that movie came out. He's like, you know what? This is just bullshit. Like he just, yeah, just he was the same exact way. Like, yeah, he no. watch it. I was like, you need to watch it. He's like, he, this is my bullshit. My dad would not watch it, but my dad was like, my dad loved the Sully movie. Like when I tell you oh, that I man, know. like <laughs> that man loved Sully, was Sully's biggest fucking fanboy. Like loved that movie. He'd sit there and talk to you for an hour about that entire situation. Like he just absolutely loved that movie. But I need so maybe I need to go back and watch Flight. Zach is always like, we should watch Flight. Like it's hilarious. You need to watch it. You're a pilot. Have you not watched it? Um, but so I'll read this article. It says. A British Airways pilot was fired and will likely never fly for a commercial airliner ever again after he attempted to work a 12-hour flight after a night of hard partying where he used cocaine. The pilot was caught after he bragged about his night out to a flight attendant via text message. What a fucking idiot. (laughs) First mistake. (laughs) <laughs> the attendant then reported the incident to the Britain's flag carrier. British Airways immediately suspended the pilot and canceled the intercontinental flight. Yeah, um, what a fucking dumbass. How dumb. Yes. How- well, reading the details, I was like, okay, buddy. Like, why would you tell the flight attendant what you did that night? Like, that was your biggest mistake. <laughs> oh my god yeah no you i'm i'm ready for this give it hit me with okay it. so like the rest of the details are mike beaton a first officer was scheduled to co-pilot a british airways flight from johannesburg south africa to london four weeks ago beaton had the day before the flight off and spent the night out in south africa's largest city the married man recounted the debaucherous events to a flight attendant claiming that he met a welsh woman and a spanish woman in a nightclub along with two local men the son <laughs> published the sent messages we all walk, stagger, back up to the hotel bar for one last one before bed. Welsh and one of these guys is getting on very well, but she's told them that I'm her boyfriend. Couple of drinks in the bar, bit of snogging, and then we're somehow all on our way to this dude's <laughs> flat. <laughs> and he goes on to say, Beaton would go on to explain that one of the locals pulled out a tray with lines of cocaine. He concludes his wild anecdote. So then there's a debate about whose chest is the best to do a bump off of. That's the story of how I ended up snorting coke off a girl's tits in Joburg. Um, so British Airways suspended Beaton and canceled the Johannesburg to London flight as it no longer had a first officer. The airline flew Beaton back to London Heathrow Airport the next day where he was tested for drugs and I believe was fired. I'm sorry, bro. <laughs> he said it was a it was a rager. Like it I went out, girl. Like he like this man is for the fucking streets. For the streets. <laughs> like I I can't with the line. And that's yes. the story of how I ended up snorting coke off of a girl tits in Joburg. Like, <laughs> oh, radical, bro. Like, yes. And the fact that he, like, texts us to this flight attendant, he he thought he literally four plus four ate. Like, he thought he <laughs> ate with that. Like, he thought he, he was the sickest motherfucker ever to text. I, like, what? Uh, uh, he was not like, in his right mind. I feel like he was probably still high when he texted the no. flight attendant. He was rolling that's what i was about to say i was like he woke up drunk he woke up drunk the next morning that's why he sent that because he was still fucked up from the night before because he was he was on cloud nine he's like holy shit that happened to me Uh, oh my god (laughs) dude jesus christ oh my gosh okay well that's that's a good one to leave off on because i think that's pretty funny and i just that is that's so stereotypical like pilot you know i feel like that's how people like regular the regular public views like the average but where to the wise don't tell your flight attendants what you did on your overnight (laughs) yeah um or how about just not do coke when you're a pilot like that too but if you're gonna do it make sure there's no witnesses yeah jesus christ dude what the fuck okay okay all right. Well, that's a good place to to head into our fun questions. Again, I really apologize. I feel like I'm not on my A game this episode. I'm like, like I'm genuinely very nervous about tomorrow, y'all. Like, there's no big deal to be nervous <laughs> about, but it's just like I am nervous. Like, I'm kind of like not. I'm just not all the way there right now. But okay, Maddie, fun cues. Okay, they're all like fall Halloween related. Love just that. Just for you. Okay, what is your favorite fall food? 
Oh God, Mississippi pot roast. Mississippi pot roast. I what is, love. What is a Mississippi pot okay. roast? So a Mississippi pot roast is. I, I, I don't know how I've never had it until I was 18. It's not something I grew up with. It's something that my fiance's family introduced me to, but it's basically same, same deal. You get like, like a Chuck roast piece of meat, put it in the crock pot. You literally do a whole jar of pepperoncini, pepperoncinis, like the Greek peppers, yeah. juice and all a pack of ranch seasoning and a pack of au jus seasoning, a whole stick of butter, put the lid on top low for eight hours. I, y'all y'all it doesn't (laughs) seem like it would be good like the ranch and the pepper aspect like doesn't seem like it would make sense but when I tell you this is the best pot roast you will ever like a lot of people don't like stews and like roast and stuff like that and I'm really not a big like I don't even really like red meat that much like I'm I can't even lie to you I'm not that big into steak or red meat this shit is the best like it is the best thing you will ever have in your entire life especially you know, you probably have to like a little bit of spice, but absolutely delicious. And I'll do that with either like you can do that with mashed potatoes or you can do it over white rice. And it mm, girl, oh, my God, it's fucking Mississippi pot roast season. Mm, that sounds delicious right now. You're making me hungry. I know, we don't I have those food. kind of foods here. Um, y'all should make that because I know like you in particular, Maddie, I know right now you would be like salivating the first bite you took. You would, it would be game the fuck over. And it's so easy to make. Like, that's the thing is it's so easy to make. And that's one of those things you can make that for somebody and blow their socks off. Like the first time I ever had it, I, it changed my life. It changed my Anytime life. I make, well, because the, the shrimp boil recipe you gave me that was like a hit at pop's house when i did that at the tiki bar so i know if i did that everybody loves southern food so yeah i would definitely take that recipe so send it to me pop off i will i got you baby but what's your favorite fall food uh i think like one of the things that jesse and i make it's like an apple crisp crumble but for like breakfast and i think it's like apple oat crisp I don't know what the name of it is but I really love anything like apple cinnamon in the fall just yeah you know I'm from apple country so I love anything with apples in it I feel like I remember you talking about making that last year because we had like the the pumpkin spice or apple cinnamon debate yeah I I usually make it like once a year Jesse made it one year like way too many times that we got sick of it but yeah yeah you know how that goes Oh no, I, I'm the same way. If I hyper fixate on something for too long, like I end up hating it. But yeah. uh, I love the next question. I want to ask you. So what is a fall or Halloween tradition that you celebrate or do every single year? Uh, well, we do. I do two things and it always depends on if Jesse's home or not. But so my aunt always has a huge Halloween bash at her house, which is really close to where I live. It's like, you know, like five minutes away and she's got property. So she really decks her house out and all kinds of halloween stuff you know they got the like the blow up things that are like yeah. you know 10 feet tall she's got all that all over her yard and uh everyone brings like a certain dish that's like halloween themed and our whole family comes over so there's usually like 30 people all dressed up in costumes kids running around and i will probably do that this year because my mom wants to take my nieces to it and she hasn't done that yet uh, but then also which you will love is that we go to pop pop's house pop pop he he does a pumpkin carving and we all carve pumpkins and then we light them up when the sun sun goes down we light them up and like take a picture and it's usually like 15 people who carve pumpkins and stuff so that's always fun too but those are those things happen every year for us so what about you what's your tradition I just gotta say, I just absolutely love Pop Pop. Like, I know, for anyone who like... doesn't know already, like, I am actually obsessed with Maddie's father-in-law. Like, that's my Pop Pop now. That's our Pop Pop. I adopted <laughs> him. He's my grandpa. And the funniest thing about it is, I so I've so I have like a really bad like I've got grand grandparent issues. Okay, you know, like mommy <laughs> and daddy issues. Like, yeah. I have that, but I also have grandparent issues because. My grandparents on my dad's side, so I never knew my opa, which was my um my dad's dad. And then my Omi, my dad's mom, died when I was six. And then my 
grandfather on my mom's side, who is coincidentally, he was pop pop growing up. I loved my pop pop. My pop pop died when I was seven. Um, and then I still, so the only living grandparent I have is my mom, mom, which is my mom's mom. And bless her. It's just y'all like, you know, with like elderly people, she's just kind of, it's so sad. And I don't want to get on it. Cause <laughs> she's like gone a little bit downhill. Like she's starting to just like, you know, you just start to like get older. Um, so things have gotten really, really hard for her. So yes, I have grandparent issues. And when I met pop pop, I was like, Oh my God. Like, <laughs> Uh, I was just like the seven year and old in me was like, oh my God, I'm so happy. Like at Pop Pop's house, like, yes. Like I'm going back to Washington to see Maddie, but I'm also going to see Pop. <laughs> okay. I see how it is. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay. But my favorite fall, like Halloween tradition. Um, So I like growing up, my mom really got into Halloween and my mom would like decorate the house and she had these, uh, it's like the little porcelain villages or like the clay villages Mm -hmm. they like light up and they they make noise and it's like a little like townscape and so we used to decorate every single year growing up but I would say we didn't really start forming like hardcore traditions until after my dad died because it was not long after my dad died that we had fall and it was like the first thing that we could really look forward to so ever since my dad has died we go balls to the walls like decorating the outside of my mom's house so like way more than we ever did before and I think part of that is because I don't think my dad really liked Halloween that much um but so now we just I mean it literally is like the haunted mansion at my mom's and we've done that every single year for the past five years and yeah no so that's like definitely a tradition we have now but since I've moved like it's harder because I have to go four and a half hours home And then like, but it's so worth it. It's so much fun to decorate the outside of the house and all the like neighborhood kids, like they get so hyped for it. And it's so fun, like seeing them get so excited, like after it's all set up and it's dark, they'll come and run up and down the sidewalk screaming and shit. It's hilarious. Like (laughs) last year they used to run laps around my mom's house. Like you'd be standing in her kitchen and you'd look out the window and there'd just be a kid like standing there. (laughs) It was like the attraction of the neighborhood, which is like a terrible thing. Kind of like you could construe that in a really wrong way, but it was so (laughs) wholesome and innocent. We love it. But so we do that. And then for myself, I would say definitely like carving pumpkins, like not a single Halloween has gone by where I have not carved a pumpkin. Like I must carve a pumpkin every single year. Yeah. I mean, what's Halloween without a carved pumpkin? But you know, a lot, you'd be surprised. A lot of people don't carve pumpkins. Like there are families that don't carve pumpkins and their excuse is that it's so nasty. I'm like, uh, okay. live a little bit. That's why your <laughs> yeah. child, it, his retinas are literally now the front screen of his iPad at this point. <laughs> like, because you just won't give the kid a fucking pumpkin. Like go outside, touch grass. Yeah. Eat dirt. <laughs> Eat dirt. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god okay so I'll ask you the next one I love how like you were supposed to ask these but I like completely took over sorry my girl I like hearing your answers though sometimes it helps me um do you believe in ghosts or evil spirits well I do believe in ghosts and evil spirits although I've not ever like had an an experience with ghosts but I've heard stories like from my cousins and stuff so I'm like totally believe it but maybe they're pulling my leg I don't know but I definitely do believe in like ghosts for sure evil spirits I don't know I've never also never interacted with an evil spirit and I hope I never do yeah I'm not I'm not trying to have none of that poltergeist type of energy um I so I I hardcore believe in ghosts and I always like believed in them growing up but it wasn't until like and I always sound so insane when I say this but like just the sentence I saw a ghost yeah was this you and your cousin that saw a ghost so it was me and um so the guy that my mom was dating at the time his son um who's kind of like a little bit of a stepbrother in a way they were together for a while um and we it was my 21st birthday we went he had never been to Hatteras before and there's like this one road that kind of weaves like 
on the back of the island and it goes through like this marsh area and all up in there are these really old graveyards from like the 17 1800s and growing up okay like another halloween tradition we'd always drive through those um graveyards and my parents would like tune to this radio station they used to have these signs and it'd be like tune to am 1080 or something and it just be like straight radio static and as a kid it would freak me out I mean I'm talking like <laughs> all the hair st- see like my mom was so into that like she would drag us like at our family farm that we grew up in like there there was another old graveyard and my mom would take us in the graveyard at night and scare the absolute piss out of us like but it was so <laughs> fun like I I love her for that I think that's where I get my like my love for Halloween. But anyways, I took him back there just to like show him what it was about. We're driving through a marsh. It's just a road. And on each side is marsh grass and swamp, like water. There's nowhere to walk except for on the road. Tell me why a whole human being just appeared out of the marsh, walked across the road, got halfway across, then started to evaporate on the other side and then disappeared into the other side of the marsh. Okay. (laughs) Not right. And I thought it like when I first, when we first saw it, we thought it was a person. It was so clear. It was like as clear as day. And then right in front of our eyes, it just literally wisps up into a mist. And I'll never forget. I like slam on the brakes. Him and I are all, all the hair up on my neck is like standing up. And I just start laughing because I'm like, no way that just happened to me. That just happened to me. That's like the greatest gift I've ever been given because I've always wanted to see a ghost. Like I've always believed in them. I've always wanted to see one. And the weirdest part about this entire story was the fact that the golf cart was completely charged. It died immediately. Like immediately we had to push it back to the place that we were staying. It died immediately. It had a full battery. Girl, what's that? Like I know. I pretty- think well, we gotta let people know too that if you see a ghost, like they take a lot of energy, right? Yeah. So like whatever is they they're known for like killing a phone battery or like they apparently to appear, they have to like absorb. This sounds so crazy, but there is, I really do feel like there's science behind this, especially, you know, I I was thinking about this the other day. We are all on this like UFO thing. Everyone's so obsessed with like seeing a UFO or like trying to figure out the UFO situation, which I feel like at this point in time, we know enough to like, if they were going to come down and like attack us and probe us and like fire on earth, it would have, it would have done it already. Like, yeah. Like, I feel like there's almost like they're there. I don't think they want anything to do with us. No, I think we're like a ant farm kind of, but like, they love us. We're like our, their pets, but (laughs) why is nobody taking the time to invest in like paranormal stuff because I feel like there's so much like things that aren't like a coincidence and people have come so far with like all that EMF technology and like I, I don't know I don't know I sound a little bit cuckadoodle do but when you <laughs> see it when you see it with your own damn eyes it really and then you're like in. come on well in the crazy I believe part it. Oh, and my, the guy that I was with, he did not believe in ghosts. Like he, like he, I, we can't, we talk about it sometimes, but like, it's not a conversation that he enjoys having because it, it petrified him. Like, and he didn't believe in ghosts. Now he unfortunately believes in them because he has to, because he saw it. You know what I mean? So (laughs) that re like, that was another part of it. I was like, I literally looked at him. I was like, I'm so glad you're here because nobody would believe me. Like no one would believe me. I would believe you guys. (laughs) <laughs> anyways anyways yeah i'm a little motherfucking crazy but like uh, you're crazy is. bitch that's that's really one of my hyper i love like paranormal shit like growing up i used to love the um there used to be this this show on discovery it was like the kids discovery channel listen to how fucked up this is they would get like six kids and they would draw straws and whoever had the shorter straw would have to go inside of like a really super haunted place all the lights are off and they would have to like go on a ghost hunt by themselves. And I used to, I would, I like wanted to be on that show so bad. Oh my God, Emma. Did you used to watch like, are you afraid of the dark? Or are you too young for that? I've never heard of that. It sounds oh. like something I'd be interested in. It was on Nickelodeon and it was like about kids sitting around a campfire and they tell a scary story and then it like morphs into this like little scary little teenager show but it was called are you afraid of the dark 
Ooh, let's see. Now that would have been something I was into probably before my time though. But yeah, no, I've, I've always been so into that. Anyways, I feel bad talking about this for so long, but it is spook season. Like let's like get our ghouls and our ghouls and our gabs and our booze out, bitch. It's fucking (laughs) Halloween. Wait, can I ask you one more fun question? What do you think you'll be for Halloween? I'm like a Debbie Downer. I have no like plan of what to be. So you, what are you going to be? I know you got to be a wizard. (laughs) I'm going to be a wizard. I knew it. A wizard. Like, like a, like I'm going to get like, um, like a white like wig, like a long white hair wig, and I want like the wizard sleeve, like wizard sleeves, and like the whole wizard thing, and I want like a pipe, like I kind of want to be like mm-hmm. Gandalf a little bit, but like more whimsical, like a like purple coat with with uh gold stars is what I'm Ooh. looking for. I'll let I you like know that. if I find um, I'll probably it'll probably I'll probably order it on Amazon, but yeah, no, I either want to be a wizard or I want to be the sleepy time tea bear sleepy time tea bear you know the celeste it's like yeah it's the brand with celeste the with the moon and it has the yeah. bear and it's sleepy mm-hmm. time tea but that's such an easy costume all you do is like get the little bear feet slippers and then like a white nightgown and one of those like caps and then a tea mug it's so random with what you want to be Hi, but you know what it's it's unique okay and it's ain't nobody else gonna be a wizard or the fucking sleepy time tea bear okay so i call it being original oh my god oh god okay well that's it for this week's episode um can't really talk (laughs) literally i i'm i'm just spinning and burning at this point um one thing i did want to touch on before we wrap up this week's show as you all know one of our sponsors is avinola we love maggie so 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 freaking much and i feel like i should have started the show with this but i did just want to add that avinola is now available in harris motherfucking teeter bitch. okay <laughs> the harris titter and i don't know i just i've been thinking about this ever since she announced it i'm just I'm over the moon for her. This is such a big deal. I'm like, holy crap. So if anyone happens to go into the Harris Teeter, take a bag of Avinola, tag us, tag Maggie at, I think it is Avi underscore food. So yeah, check out our girl Maggie in the Harris Teeter. Anyways, yeah. all right. It's exciting. I was like, it oh is. my gosh, she's in Harris Teeter. It is so exciting. So we're always happy to see like people in our circle, like hit it big. That's such a big deal, dude. So anyways all right that's it for this week's episode we love you all so very much thank you for tuning in tuning in and joining us this week um as always please don't forget to rate review and subscribe to our show it helps us so much um and if you've already done that love you love you you're the best love you um yeah that's it y'all uh we'll see y'all back here next week toodles